Hey Shriekers! I'm Elle. And I'm Erica. And And this is Shriek. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. This is our second podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again. It honestly means so much to us. We completely appreciate it. Of course. Honestly, congratulations if you're making it to the second one. That's You deserve a That's cookie. an achievement. <laughs> you deserve a gold star. Not even going to lie to you. <laughs> so we are super excited because it is the week of Halloween. It's the week of the spookiest week of the year. Spookiest. And we are so excited that it is on a Saturday this year. Oh my gosh. I could not have planned it better. Like if all things 2020 had in store, thank goodness it was a Saturday on Halloween. <laughs> thank goodness. I know for a fact that we have some exciting stuff coming up. Not mm-hmm. only... Are we doing a creepy Halloween episode next? Yeah, with some couple with a couple of um, Halloween crimes so that you guys really you need to hear these. And um, yeah, Erica, what do we have coming up? Um, I think that we have a spooky, creepy Halloween booze, booze cruise. cruise. A booze cruise. Yes. Honestly, we're gonna, gonna be, be a little unoriginal, of course. I'm going to be a cat. Going as a cat, a black cat, and a witch. And a witch. Exactly. You know, Hocus Pocus days. (laughs) We're taking it back to Hocus Pocus. I'm sure you all Um, remember those. I feel like I deserve a couple creativity points for being Hugh Hefner earlier this month at a different Halloween party. Yeah, at that Halloween party for sure. And we're going to just blast it all the way down to basic for our booze cruise. But honestly, who cares? It's going to be, what, 30 degrees, 20 degrees? It's going to be freezing. Yeah, so like we're going to need to be warm. We're going to need to be warm. But at the same time, Halloween is when the hoes come out. (laughs) You ain't cold with some booze running through your veins, that's for sure. (laughs) Life lesson, you're not cold if you're drunk. You're not. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, that's wise words coming from us directly. Oh, directly. So, speaking of spook, what do you have for us today, Erica? Ooh, that is a great question. Elle, today the case I have for you has some twists and turns involves a very unique crime scene that none of the cops or forensics involved had ever seen before. Ooh, um, okay, okay. This... Sounds like we're something, something nice is in store. Okay. Oh, it is. This is the murder of Karen Ann Pinnell. Okay, here we go. So, Karen Ann Pinnell was born in Germany. Karen was a former model and flight attendant. But at the time, worked for American Airlines as a customer service agent. Uh, This was in Tampa, Florida. So Karen was described by her friends and family as a happy, bubbly, outgoing person who was very funny and always laughing. Oh, that's so sweet. Mm -hmm. It's always so hard when you hear people like that, you know, are passing away because everyone around them loved them so much. I know. And at the same time, who's going to say this person was a bitch? Of course, they're going to be like, this fucking girl. There's always great things, but I'm sure. I'm sure she was. She seemed lovely. I actually did post a picture um, of her on her Instagram, and she really is beautiful. Of course. Honestly, I'm looking at this picture now that you just posted, and no, she is she's gorgeous. That's she's great, yeah. So like I said, she was a model, so... Of course. So she had a pretty big family um, with five siblings. All of them were brothers, oh. by the way. 
Okay, so basically exactly how my brother feels with yeah, five sisters. only opposite. Exactly. Only opposite. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that's wild. I that had is... one brother, and I was like, eh, tap out. Like, we're imagine not including four more into I that. I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine raising five boys. No. Period. But. Thank you. you Simple. Know, no thank you. <laughs> it's, it is what it is. So, that's her life. So, on the night of October 10th, 2003, again, around the spookiest time of the year. I was going to say, my podcast last yes. um, a couple days ago was actually about October. On, on October 31st, we're just tying in this I know. whole spooky and you know what? Mood. When I found this case, before I even knew what year it was, I decided to go with it. Or not year, I'm sorry, month. And it just so happened to be the perfect October. Time. Oh my gosh. So that's not a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... Karen's at her apartment in Oldsmar, Florida. It's a Friday night, and Karen orders herself a pizza. But Karen receiving this pizza is going to be the last time she is sighted alive. Hmm. Mm. The next day, Karen doesn't show up to work, and this sets off alarms for her coworkers because she never just doesn't show up with at least calling out. Oh, yeah. Especially on an, and working on an airline. Like, there's no way you could accidentally forget to call yeah. into work. Like, I mean, <laughs> you got to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she normally does. So, of course, it's going to set off alarms. And then, of course, this is going to set up alarms, set off alarms for her boyfriend, Timothy Permenter. Okay. So Tim says he tried to call Karen multiple times that morning. Mm. And when she doesn't answer, he rushes to her apartment to check on her. When he gets there to her apartment, he notices the door is slightly open. Oh, gosh. That's uh-huh. never good. That's how you know there's not a good scene walking yep. in. Yeah, exactly. So you you already know there's not a picnic behind that door. Oh, no. I mean, unless you're Jeffrey Dahmer, then maybe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you did not just I'm go sorry. there. <laughs> too far, too far. <laughs> That's for another podcast. <laughs> But I say this because inside was Karen's lifeless body, lying on the floor, surrounded by a pool of blood. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. So, Timothy calls 911 once he sees this, and here is the audio of the 911 call. sounds i mean that does sound very disheveled i will say yeah i mean he's terrified as what he sees there's like he said there's blood everywhere so so police and forensics show up and at the scene they see something very bizarre that they've never seen before oh gosh right above karen's body on the wall are the letters r o c this is written in her blood. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. And there is blood on her pointer finger. Okay. Alluding to the idea that she was trying to give a clue to her murder, right? Yeah, of course. Case closed, right? I mean, <laughs> what does this mean? So, now, when getting a first look at the scene, investigators thought this could be a burglary because Karen's purse was dumped out and there was a bird bath tipped over in the yard. However, it wasn't very long before they ruled that idea out because there was no signs of forced entry. Yeah, of course. The door yeah. was ajar. Exactly. Which, I mean, they could have broken in, but they saw, like, nothing was actually broken into. They just of didn't course. shut it. No, like, broken windows or anything. Yeah, yeah, no broken windows, nothing like that. 
Um, so as I mentioned, there was a ton of blood everywhere. And that was because Karen was stabbed around 16 times. Oh my gosh. Talk about overkill. Overkill. So exactly. So normally if someone is just robbing someone they have no connection to, they're not going to be that violent with murdering someone. No, of course. That's someone you know. That's someone you know. That's a a crime of of passion. It's going to be a crime of passion. They're angry. Something is going on. I mean, technically, it could have been a serial killer who just had a shit day. Yeah, who really you just got him on the wrong. You just got him on the wrong side of the bed. The wrong side of the bed. But again, no forced entry, yeah. nothing like that. So, of course, now police are going to start looking into people that know Karen personally. So, of course, we always have to look into the person who calls in the crime. Of course. And mm-hmm. you said it was her boyfriend at the time? Yep. It was her boyfriend, Tim. Of course. Like, it's always the spouse. I know. And that's the thing. is like, everyone's so <laughs> stupid because it's always the spouse. Not always, but, like, basically always. If your husband pops up dead, it's probably the you spouse. probably did it. And if I just, your like, wife pops murdering up dead. someone 101 don't, don't let it be the spouse. spouse. Like, don't kill your spouse. Like, if you're thinking of, like, who should I, don't kill your don't spouse. Don't kill your spouse. But don't kill anyone. Disclaimer. I mean, sure, sure. Don't yeah, like, that's not, we're not, we're not advocating murder. But, like, if you're going to, don't and you let don't want to get spouse. caught. Yeah, if you're like, spouse. see how long we okay, can make this last. Jokes, jokes. <laughs> jokes aside. So, okay, so Karen and Tim had just started dating three months before. So already just like a little sus, like you guys just started dating. She's oh, wow. murdered three months later. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, Tim and Karen met while Tim was a car salesman and sold a car to Karen. He was actually involved with her family and would play games with her brother or one of her brothers. She had several, as I mentioned. Yes. Tim stated that he did actually see Karen last night, but that he left at about 730 PM. He then went home played video games with his roommate, George. And later in the night, George went up to his girlfriend's house in Pasco County and told Tim that he was welcome to join if he had nothing to do. Tim at first denies the invite, but a bit later, around 9.30, Tim decided he does want to go and he calls George asking for directions. So now we have Tim's alibi being with his roommate, George, and George's girlfriend, in Pasco County. And that is going to be 25 miles away from Karen's apartment. Oh yeah, that's that's a good distance. It's a good distance, right? So now going back to the crime scene, you know that I said that there was a writing on the wall, right? Yes, of course. Yes. It was ROC. So the investigators at first, they don't know what this means. Is this an acronym? Is it somebody's name? Is it a code between family members that they would understand? Well, Karen had an ex-boyfriend that used to live with her and can you guess what his name was? If it was Rock, I swear. <laughs> yep, Rock. Uh, Rock Herpich. You're to be lying. Exact. Yes, yes. R O C. How he spells it, Rock. Wow. So like case closed. Right. Yeah. I mean, you would think, right? So, <laughs> so I mean, even more interesting now. Rock and Karen did not have the best relationship. Oh. Am mm-hmm. I shocked? <laughs> no. Shock I don't think so. <laughs> so. Rock had a serious drug problem, which eventually led up to their breakup. Boo boo. And on top of that, the sheriff had been called to their house multiple times throughout their relationship for domestic related instances. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you like bread, breadcrumbs are being created at this point. <laughs> at this point. 
So, as you can imagine, their relationship did not end on good terms. Clearly. So, now police bring Rock in for questioning. Rock denies any involvement with Karen's murder. Um, And he actually seemed very surprised when cops showed up at his door stating that she had died. Rock told police he hadn't seen Karen in six months. Oh my gosh. Right? I mean, which... Who wouldn't lie? But (laughs) once Rock started to get questions... Like, where he was that day. His answer was that he didn't know. Oh, boy. Yeah. And and now, I don't know when he was questioned, so it could have been a while after October 11th, which would have made sense in that case for if him to not remember. know. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I have a terrible memory. I could easily see me being like, I, I, I don't know. Like, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Like, I, you couldn't even I tell you. I have no clue. But... <laughs> I couldn't imagine with his name being written on the wall in Karen's blood that it would have taken that long for them to question him. Of course. I mean, in my imagination, it would have been a few days, a week. I wasn't even Um, expecting a rock to be a person. ROC is not even a name. I mean, I'm sure it would have taken them instantly to find (laughs) out that was an ex. As soon as he found out that was an ex, I'm sure they jumped on him. Yeah, I have no clue. I don't, it doesn't say when exactly they questioned him. Oh, yeah. Um, But. In an interview, he did say his thoughts at the time were, quote, Well, what do you say? I don't know where I was on that day. I'd have to look at a calendar. Stop. Mm-hmm. End quote. Stop. But, oh, so, that's so sus. I know. And so I will assume it was a while after October 11th. It had to have been. Him. Imagine if it was like the next day and he's like, oh, I no, know. I, I know. look at a calendar. I know. I'm a, <laughs> that's I me. couldn't have been, but I don't know. I couldn't find anything. Of course. So, oh my gosh, that's crazy. We'll assume. But anyways, investigating him is actually a little hard because as I mentioned, he lived with Karen. So it's not like finding his DNA is going to tie yeah. him to the crime necessarily. Oh my gosh, that's such a good yeah, point. Yeah, it's already over the house. Oh, now, crap. It does make a lot of sense, though, that he would be the suspect, obviously. Of course, of course. Because it's always the suspect, spouse, whatever the case. Exactly. But living with Karen, he would know her schedule. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the fact that there was no forced entry yeah. means Karen let the person in willingly. Oh my gosh. He... I don't know, Rock. Things are not looking good for you. (laughs) (laughs) So now we have his name on the wall in her blood, a rocky relationship with a bad breakup, and no firm alibi. This feels like a pretty cut and dry case at this point. Exactly. Like I said, case closed. Case closed. Well, it's never that easy. Of course. And let's be honest, it'd be a pretty short episode if that were the case. So (laughs) we're like, all right, everybody, and that's it. Join in for us next week. So, Rock actually gets cleared because there are cell phone records that showed his phone bouncing off cell towers in Northport, Florida, which I don't know exactly where it is to where the location is, but it's nowhere near. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good alibi then. And, of course, uh, that's a site of the, that happens the night of her murder. So, he's not anywhere near. So, now everything is still being investigated, and there's an autopsy on Karen's body. That's what I was going to say. Yes. There's an autopsy. And there was actually skin cells found underneath her fingernails. Yes. Mm-hmm. Always scratch Always your scratch attacker. Yes. yes. You have to be smart about that. Get their DNA on you in some soup or form. Them. Bite, Bite them. them. Pull their hair. Do something. Rip their balls off. You know, I mean, what if you have the strength, rip their balls whatever off. Whatever is going to get them tied to you. Exactly. What a ugh, bad bitch alert. Uh, honestly. So, un. Fortunately, the DNA test on those skin cells came back as inconclusive. Oh, gosh. 
unfortunately, but still a smart thing to do. Definitely always do that. But another odd thing found in the autopsy was that there was no pizza found in Karen's stomach. You're lying. I mean, you order a pizza and you get murdered before you can even eat it. Now that's the true crime about this case, (laughs) you guys. Imagine someone eating pizza in front of you and it's your pizza. Or just over your dead body. Whatever the case was, she didn't get this pizza. She didn't get a bite. No, you'd have to eat my pizza over my dead body. That's for damn sure. You would never be able to keep me alive and eat that pizza in front of me. um, And as we say this, it's weird because there were three slices taken from the pizza. Exactly. So, so he stood above her while she was dead and ate three pieces three of pizza. Three pieces of pizza. Oh my gosh. Like, he's gotta and be psychotic. Exactly. So so we're thinking this has to happen right after because no one's gonna let some fresh-ass pizza that <laughs> just arrived at the door sit around very long. <laughs> <laughs> no! Honestly, let's all be real about this. So this would happen right after As pizza soon came. as you start smelling that pizza, it has to go in your mouth. I don't know e- if the pizza would have not gone into my mouth as soon as the door was shut. Like, I, I, don't need, I can picture myself shutting the door as I'm eating a piece of pizza, so something had to have happened so quickly right after, after that. Right after. Of course... Investigators look back to the crime scene, specifically the letters ROC written on the wall. Now, there are some fishy things about the scene and the writing for a few different reasons. The writing seemed too perfect for someone who was struggling to stay alive to have been writing it. She Mm. would have also had to be dipping her finger repeatedly into the blood to continue writing it. Of course. Since there was no cuts on her fingers that would have provided constant blood flow. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so she's barely staying alive, dipping her fingers into blood and in, in writing this all. In the autopsy, it's found that Karen was stabbed in the spinal cord. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm, and it partially severed it. Oh! Right? So this means that would have left her partially paralyzed. Of course, of course. You cannot get your spine severed and still be trying to write Rock's name on the wall. Exactly. Oh, no. And so there was also a stabbed wound in her aorta. (gasps) So she would have been unable to write anything in the wall. Oh, yeah. That would have been, like, she would have bled out so quickly. So that, like, like, minutes. That's going to bring the blood to the entire rest of your body. Oh, yeah. If it's stabbed through, it's probably not going to do that well. It's going to go ahead and squirt it through your entire outside of your body. Oh, no. Which is why there's probably so much blood everywhere. Exactly. It's easily concluded that there's no way she would have been able to write anything on the wall. Oh, my gosh. And then again, just one last thing. If that's not enough evidence that she didn't write on the wall, Karen's family informed police that she was left-handed. Stop it. Mm -hmm. But the finger used to write on the wall was her pointer finger on her right hand. Stop! Rookie mistake! I know, I know, right? So, so with Rock having a cleared alibi and proof Karen did not write his name on the wall, investigators are now looking into a murder that was trying to frame Rock for Karen's murder. So this has to be someone who knows Karen's rough relationship with Rock well enough to know that he would be a good suspect to pin this on, but apparently not enough to know she's left-handed. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. Right, so interesting, but there are actually several suspects in Karen's case. Okay. Karen had an ex-husband, Jeff Payne. Oh, wow. Cam, Karen was actually petitioning for higher alimony payments. From Jeff. Money's always involved. Always involved. It's always involved. 
Um, now, see, Karen had just been diagnosed with MS mm. and was afraid that her insurance wasn't going to cover her medical needs. Um, but from what I found, the family said Jeff was a nice guy and the two just couldn't make things work. Jeff actually has an alibi as well that checks out and he was in Miami at the time. Okay, so obviously like pretty so far away. Cleared. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, money's always involved, but if there's a point where it it's someone who would have given her what she asked for. Um, yeah, and I don't oh, know that's what happened hard. with that. But that's hard. Either way, he's checked off. He's yes. in Miami. He's not the person. So yeah, suspect cleared. Karen was also apparently dating several different guys at the time. Yes, yes. Santa Queen. <laughs> yes, get it. <laughs> so, at the time. One of the person guys, sorry, she was dating was a pilot and investigators found out about him through the text messages on Karen's phone. Ooh. One of the texts being, quote, hi, sex bomb. Oh. Having a good day. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, I'm going to admit that was not relevant at all. I just thought it was kind of funny. I wanted to add it in there. Could you even imagine opening a text message hi, like that? sex bomb. <laughs> I mean, call me anything. Other. I mean, isn't it sex kitten? Imagine taking that ten know. times up to sex I bomb. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Um, funny and all, but the pilot's also cleared. He was out of the country at the time. They, oh. they confirmed it. Convenient. So police are now reviewing the evidence and the scene, and they actually get a really big break. They decide to test the pizza box for fingerprints makes sense just now of I course mean, <laughs> so smart and that's what they were saying it was the evidence right in front of their face once they found that there was no pizza in their system it should have been the very first step so and it might have been yeah exactly that sure, makes sense but anyways, well, autopsies take a while it. to get back so that makes that's sense true. yeah so the fingerprints sorry do come back and they come back with a match now that match is none other than Timothy Permenter. That motherfucker. Yes, Karen's supposed boyfriend. I mean, he pizza. must have taken the pizza. That's disrespectful. <laughs> Three pieces too. Like I don't that's know about lot. you, but like I can down a lot of pizza, and that's like cutting it close. He was like, you got a full belly leaving there. Like he that's not cool. Belly. He was. I don't know how you're hungry after murdering someone, but I mean, it's on you. But anyways, that doesn't necessarily prove anything. So these fingerprints are important because the receipt of the pizza shows it was ordered at 9 p.m. Okay. Which means Tim was at her house before or after 9 p.m. Oh, and that's not what his alibi has stated. Yep. So this already starts to poke holes in his alibi. So investigators start to look into Tim. Okay. It turns out he actually has a pretty violent past. <gasps> mm -hmm. Am Tim I surprised? had no. 16 felonies. Stop. He was involved in an illegal escort ring back in 1990 in two different cities. Oh my gosh, this is less than 10 years ago. <laughs> ten, oh, prior At to At this, this time, this yeah. What you're talking about. <laughs> no. no, from here? Oh gosh, years. I wish 1990 was ago. 10 years ago. Ew, don't ever <laughs> say that again. <laughs> so Nasty. Tim actually tried killing a competitor involved in the escort ring. Stop. For taking some of his business. So now we know he fully has the ability to kill. Of course. So even more suspicious with Tim Friends of Karen's told police that Karen actually informed them of Tim's past and broke it off with him immediately. So he told Karen about his past and she immediately broke it off. Smart. And she then goes on to dates other men. And Tim becomes extremely jealous. This guy starts snooping through her trash bin 
and tries to find clues of who she might be seeing. And he even finds a used condom, which makes him furious. Ew. Mm -hmm. So police speak with Karen's brother, who states Karen told him that Tim had choked her over her talking to other male friends. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So now with all of this new evidence, detectives are going back to Tim's alibi and get in touch with his roommate, George. Wow, if they haven't done that in the first place. And I think from what I read that they already had, which I'm not fully sure with what I'm about to tell you, but they say they get back in touch with him. So anyways, they're in touch with him now. Like I said, I think they did actually talk to him previously, but I didn't find what that conversation was and it isn't quite making sense with what I'm about to tell you. But anyways. Yes. So, okay. So there's inconsistencies now with Tim's original story after talking to George. Okay. So Tim told George... He was going to see Karen that night, which when, which is when George mentioned he was also going to be seeing his girlfriend that night. Okay. This is George saying this. Oh, that makes sense. So Tim told George he was going to head to Karen's at about 8 p.m., but Tim told investigators he got home from Karen's at 8 p.m. And lastly, George never invited Tim to his girlfriend's. Tim called George at 9.30 p.m. and invited himself. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And now get this. George says when he meets up with Tim that night, he seems shaken up. And later that night when they are out on the porch and talking. Just hanging out, being bros. Doing whatever. Tim mentioned that him and Karen were fighting a lot. And even tries, like, slyly asking George if he can say that he was there at this time. And basically trying to make sure that George could be his alibi. Of course. Mm -hmm. Very weird. Sneaky snake. So, I mean, I find it weird knowing Tim's girlfriend showed up dead the very next morning. That George didn't go to the police or anything. And maybe I just didn't read that somewhere. From what I've read, it seems like police went back to him after everything. And that's when it came out. So it seems weird that him having this knowledge, he didn't say anything. But I don't really know the circumstances. Maybe he did say something or maybe he just didn't want to believe it. I'm not 100% sure, but it seems off to me. Of course, of course. A lot of people kind of push that information back until it becomes like apparent and and necessary. If the cops haven't talked to him before, then Yeah. yeah. And I think they have, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, he's at least saying it now, so we got something. So... At this point, there's basically no doubt that Tim murdered Karen, but just to nail the coffin shut, phone records show that the call he made to George that night at 9.30 p.m. No. Was made from a cell tower by Karen's apartment. No. Yes. Rookie mistake. (laughs) Yes. So he called his alibi from the murder scene. From the crime scene. Who does that? (laughs) We're dealing with a genius here. We stan a dumbass. (laughs) I mean, anyways. So, Tim's response to being questioned about the call. Of course, please go talk to him after all of this. His response was that it was impossible that the phone call came from there. And he continued to remain strong on not killing her. Even with the evidence of his fingerprints on the pizza box. Now, they have evidence and motive But technically, it's still circumstantial because just because he lied about being there, just because he ate pizza, it doesn't necessarily mean that he killed her. Yeah. 
I mean, to most people, technically, in the world, but well, yeah, beyond a reasonable a, doubt, yeah. of course. Talking about a trial, you have to be beyond a reasonable doubt, technically. But tech detectives decide to run the skin cells under Karen's finger again. Yes. But using a different, more sophisticated DNA test called YSTR. Okay. And this only analyzes male DNA that's present. Okay. And this one comes back as a success. <gasps> mm-hmm. So, this, of course, goes to trial. And during the trial... Tim continues to defend his innocence, saying he never tried to convince George to be his alibi and that he was just off on the times when he was saying when he left Karen's house. Um, obviously, this doesn't work. Of and course. Tim gets convicted of first degree murder. Wow. This happens on October 24th, 2007. He gets life in prison. Oh, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Although, actually, five out of the seven jury members voted for the death penalty. Oh my goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. This is in Florida, yeah? Yeah, this was in Florida. So so yeah, um either way, he got his life in prison, no possibility of parole, so he is still living his life out in prison. We're all safe from the pizza murderer, if you will. Oh, of course. The pizza <laughs> snatcher. Of yes. course. Have to at least sleep at night knowing my pizza won't be stolen before I get murdered. Honestly, that's the one thing we can just praise the Lord to that, because let's be real, that would be the worst thing that could possibly happen to us. So, uh, honestly, like, um, I think that's just true crime about all this. No, uh, obviously, <laughs> R.I.P. to Karen. We would obviously yes. never, never joking degrade. Never about Karen's death. Never diminish sad. or belittle her death. Um, that's obviously something that's completely... I'm so glad that her murder was just so stupid. I mean, to, to be sit caught there... so easily. <laughs> To be her whole ass boyfriend and to try to frame it on an ex, like, we already know it's always the spouse. We're on to you, buddy. And I mean, it's not that it's not a smart idea, don't get me wrong, but there's so many flaws with it. And even the interviews with Rock, he's like, thank God for the, you know, the police being really um, diligent with this in the forensics or else he could be in jail for this. Of course. You know, if we were talking back in the 60s, there's a possibility. Oh, with, with no DNA evidence. Of yeah. course, they see the name and they're like, okay, buddy, pants behind your back. Exactly. I mean. So it is it is very cool. But, yeah, I mean, again, he, he definitely made some mistakes getting here. Well, thank um, goodness that, you know, Karen got her justice and that this guy is where he belongs, being such a cold-blooded killer to be exactly. so cold and calculated. I mean, in the, in the moment of not only of killing someone, not only eating her damn pizza. Yeah, and I have to wonder if it was planned of or course. if he just got there, an argument maybe struck out. Like I said, he found that condom earlier. Yeah, maybe and he was coming he just prepared got so mad or about something. I don't know. Her. It doesn't feel like it was planned with how everything kind of happened. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It seems almost like it was cold and calculated just due to the fact that when you find the condom, you're almost thinking like coming in headstrong, you yeah. know, heavy about that one thing, but we weren't but I there. I just wonder, like, I wouldn't think that he would call some, his friend. Yeah, setting up an alibi. So I wonder if he just got so heated over maybe a conversation about it that he yeah. just killed her. I mean, who and kills then he's someone? like, wait, I need an alibi right now. Let me call my friend so that they know that I'm at his yes. house. Yes. No, exactly. I mean, it was obviously, he did a lot of smart things as far as um, creating an alibi, writing the name of somebody else. But to be so cold and calculated to not only eat and enjoy someone's pizza while they're laying dead <laughs> on the floor, but to also... I mean, maybe also, in front of her face. I don't know. Maybe in front of her face. Maybe they had her tight. Maybe he had had her tied up or something and was like <laughs> really torturing her. her. <laughs> um, um, but to, to be just so cold and calculated, like it's, 
Yeah, yeah. No, he, like we'll I said, it was it. deserved. It was deserved. But, um, you know, he'll he'll experience the rest of his life in, in torturous ways. And that's all we could really pray for, you know? Yes. And so that is all that I have for this podcast today. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Shriek the Podcast. And Facebook at Shriek the Podcast. Rate, review, and follow us where you listen to podcasts at, at Shriek! Exclamation point. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions for us, send us an email. Yes, at shriekthepodcast at gmail.com. We will take any of your suggestions. We love hearing what you guys have to suggest for us as far as what to do um, better to intrigue you more on obviously coming back and listening to us. If you have any cases that you really love and want to hear more about, uh, just let us know. Let us know. We, we would love to touch on, touch on it for you, bring it to light, and, um, you know, inform everybody else on the logistics and the completely valid concerns that you have as far as these cases go. Mm-hmm. And that's all we have for you guys. I hope you love this podcast. We love you for listening to this. Thank you so much. And when in doubt, shriek it out. out. See you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys.